1: This is the okS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, if that's just me, in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter.
2: Hey,
0: what up everybody? Welcome to the OKS Hunter podcast. We're coming at you from all different parts of Wisconsin today, but uh, I'm here in the OKS Hunter podcast studio and the other fellows are cozy in their own houses and it's Sunday night, not Tuesday, because I will be gone for work. So we're doing a pre-recording this week. So uh, when you hear this, uh, we won't be live. We won't be able to hear your thoughts like we normally do, and answer your questions uh, and all that other stuff. And I did say hear your thoughts, because we are that creepy. But, thanks for hanging out with us wherever you're listening to this, in the car, on the treadmill, in the walk, in the woods, wherever you're... Probably not in the woods. Anyway. uh, What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, buddy. (laughs) Howdy. What's going on? So we got Derek, Greg, and Tyler, and Eric. So... Uh, it's fun. I'm gonna do the sponsorship stuff. Spartanforge.ai OHP for twenty percent. They just released a new free version. They did some upgrades. Their uh, top of lines are tighter than ever. Their pixelation on their UAV is super crispy. It's uh high quality stuff. Deer movement predictability seems to be pretty accurate. <laughs> Johnny Stewart got a nice one. Uh, you know you gotta check it frequently because it may say a day is good, and then if you check back, it may say a different day is better. So keep your eye on that app. you got to be logging in there checking that stuff. Go Wild, are good friends of ours, we are all four of us writing for Go Wild, are we not? Yeah, we are. Like, yes, sir. Like crazy. Uh, I know Tyler and I are putting out, what, two articles a, a month to those guys, and each of you guys are doing one, Derek and Greg. But when Derek does one yep. and Greg does one, they're like, <laughs> They're like four of what Tyler and I do. So, <laughs> yes,
2: overachievers. Sorry, <coughs> I'm joking over here. You that. Would you
0: yeah, have one of those? Uh, of that. What's that? What's that stuff you you're in the tree to get rid of the taste to make yourself not hungry?
2: <laughs> no, not a camrack cone.
0: <laughs> no camrack cones today. I hear your ice. Yeah.
2: Uh, hear your ice cubes switching around in your glass, making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's that damn long branch. <laughs> that's what I have over here. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Go Wild is a really positive place to hang out. They got a lot of, uh, you know, things you can buy over there, too. That's not the push. the push. I mean, you could. You can use code OHP for 10% off, but the push is just a super positive, highly engaging community that's focused on the outdoors and hunting. So then as you tag things like activities around hunting or listening to podcasts and so forth, uh, you'll earn points. And you can cash those points in on monetary value things. So build enough points, and you can buy some pretty great gear. It's awesome. And then Latitude Outdoors. I think we all put time in the saddle this weekend. Excited to hear about uh, you know everyone's stories. Derek and Tyler especially. Um, but you know I enjoyed my time in the saddle on Friday. And uh, last but not least, Vector Custom Shop. Two of our crews arrows got to uh, got to eat. And I think you guys both recovered your arrows, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, buddy. It's
0: awesome. Yes, sir. Feeding your bows, letting them fly. Cool. Well, I think today's topic-ish is like we talked about, uh, <laughs> well, we don't know what we want to talk about. And and then I think we arrived at this whole idea of uh, cold fronts and hot sign. So in our case, cold front, hot sign. You know, we're, we're hunting the cold, the first cold front to come through. And, uh, Greg, you're starting to see hot sign, uh, Derek and Tyler, you guys killed some deer. Um, so I I think maybe we should just start with the stories and then we can get into what the hell happened. Like how it happened. Who wants to go first?
2: Yeah. Tyler, kick it off. Tyler was the (laughs) first to draw blood.
3: Well, there we have it. Yeah. It was kind of cool to, it was kind of cool to get up Friday morning to see a text message uh, right before work got kicked off was a a picture of a bloody arrow. So fill us in here, Tyler, what happened?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. Well, (laughs) for starters, this is actually my, this is actually my first sit of the year. Um, I did, I was, we were talking all week about the cold impending cold front that was coming through and hunting hits and, um, I knew Friday morning I I could uh, sneak out for a couple of hours, so planned to get out. And I hadn't I hadn't land. I don't, I'm so I should clarify that I'm not I'm not uh, walking around on public like Derek, Eric, and Greg. Um, and uh, was able to get out um, into a stand, and I mean it didn't take long. Um, within an hour, I, there were deer moving all over the place, and um, sitting there, and about an hour in, and I look over my shoulder to my right, and I've got I've got a line of line of dough coming in. I knew coming in um to this sit and even to this season that I wanted to um get better. One, I wanted to put meat in the freezer. Two, I wanted to get more efficient and better at just killing deer. Um such as my folks. i 'cause I'm I'm an adult onset bow hunter. And uh so <clears throat> I knew was I, going into the sit I, I was thinking if I had a shot a, a, a quality shot at a dough I was gonna I was gonna take it. And I watched these dough and they were they they walked past me. I had to let them get past they there on my right side. Um, and they were on top of me. I, I couldn't get turned or anything. I had to get them, let them get past me. And the third doe, um, eventually walked out just right in front of me about, about a 13 yard shot That's where I ranged it, um, afterwards, put the, um, put the new single pin sight on her, um, let it fly, got the meal kick. Um, she ran off and disappeared and, um, essentially the rest of history. Um, I did send the text. I sent the text to the group, which is fun. Um, so we're doing that, and let um, her sit for about an hour, and then about about an 80 yard track later, she was uh, she was piled up. So it was good. It's been a rough couple of years. which We don't need to get into, but um, I was pretty excited. Um, I'm really excited to uh, uh, have me in the freezer, and also to really just I I have a three year old, almost three year old, almost one year old, just to get them introduced to because. Um, they came out, they saw the deer, my, you know, my three-year-old touching it and, you know, talking about the deer, she's still asking about it. And today she's like, she wants, said she wanted to see deer. So I was super excited about that. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Now I got to go horn hunting. That's
0: the next step. Meanwhile, my daughter still nice. asked me when we're going to eat deer. <laughs> Come on, Eric, make it happen here. Yeah, she's like, when are you going to get a deer, dad? I'm like, geez, take it easy. <laughs> For
2: <laughs> no but Tyler that's that's absolutely awesome and you kind of had a, a different start to your season than the rest of us because yeah. I know Greg and I had a bit of a frustrating start here we were hunting more than a handful of times and not really seeing much and on your first sit ultimate confidence booster not only did you put yourself in a spot with tons of deer you made a perfect shot on a on a nice doe and got some meat that's awesome man
1: it is it is well let's let's clarify one thing here i would have hunted um i would have put time in the stand earlier however poor planning on my part um i didn't i did not order my new vector custom shop arrows until the beginning of september they didn't arrive till after after the opener um had come and gone and then i put a new site on and so then i was getting that all dialed in so it was really my fault that i wasn't out earlier and it just happened to Luck into
2: this a little bit. Hey, rather be lucky than good.
0: Yeah, honestly, luck plays a bigger part in this than I think. Some of us give credit for it. On it's like another wrong, a little bit of luck, man. The luck goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Mhm. Mhm. So did you cook anything up right away or what?
1: I I no no that's not. So the deer was a little bit that was a little bit more quartered away than I thought initially. Um, I made a I made a, a great shot. The lungs were just gone, but I also ended up nicking the guts, and so that made for a uh, um, stinky job. And my uh, my tenderloins. I was having a side conversation with Greg about this, and he can he can weigh in on his experiences. But they they were ruined. They stunk. Um, they got some um, some juices on them, and it was just I was I was not going to eat sour. Um, sour tenderloins. No, that's no totally
3: it, good, yeah. That's, yeah. It, it's it's kind of tough because you know, looking at it, you took the best shot angle you could, and mm-hmm. quartering away like that, you did the right thing by taking the angle you did. Uh, that is the drawback to that angle of a shot. Is you're mm-hmm. pretty good chance you're gonna end up tagging a little bit of the gut. <clears throat> But, I mean, the angle is perfect. You ended up coming out the armpit of the opposite leg. I mean, that, you can't ask for a better shot than that. Um, nope. Great blood trail. The problem is, is like, you got to get on them, you know, give them about a half an hour. Usually, if you're that confident, you can probably get to trailing in a half hour. Hour is smart to wait. Um, I say half an hour if you watch them die and hear them take their last breath. But obviously, you couldn't do that so Mm -hmm. in an hour that that deer was stone dead you could have got to it right away and gutted it out and emptied it out and rinsed it out and pulled the tender lines and got them soaking in some ice water um you might have been able to save them maybe it's it's tough to say but you get a little bit of gut juice and i know how that is you just you get in there and you start cutting things apart and Gut juice ends up going all over the place because when you turn them over and gravity takes effect, it all settles to the bottom where the loins are.
1: Exactly. No, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I, yeah, I have that's... not cooked anything up,
0: unfortunately.
2: Not the marinade you're looking for, right? <laughs> no. no, <Ryan. laughs> no right.
0: Uh yeah, that's that's
2: a fact.
3: that's that's not guacamole. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh i just, It, just it was about green, about though. It, just talking about it that, is green. I get, that, I get that smell right in my nose just thinking about it. Yeah, it's my,
1: not. My you know, drunk smelled like it the next morning when I got into it. Oh, I'm sure uh, the the first
3: deer I ever gutted for my dad was a gut shot buck, and he was laughing the entire time, and my brother was over gagging and puking, and I just went in it and just I had my elbows up in the marinade like. No other, it was just awful stuff, but that's that smell never goes away. You'll never forget the smell of of a gut shot deer, ever.
0: Nope, it's not, it's not <clears> a great smell. I've avoided that smell for a little while. Uh, I think the last time I got a good whiff of it, Greg, was when you got that doe a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah, that one too. That was another one that went, you know, and ended up going through the guts because of the angle it went through.
2: Yeah, that the uh, the lengthwise shot. Yeah,
3: that was the lengthwise that was shot.
2: That was incredible.
3: Incredible, but not not ideal.
0: And Derek, I have all sorts of questions for you, and uh, we want to switch a little bit. You had some success out in the field too. Like what? We went out Friday, you and I, uh, Friday evening. Yep. And you know, lo and behold. No luck for either of us. We cover a lot of ground. We did get to meet a listener of the podcast. So that was kind of cool. Um
2: Yeah, Randy. Shout out to Randy.
0: Yeah, Randy, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully he's tuning in. I don't know. He said he listens or whatever. He uh has heard of us and it's kind of neat to to meet someone. He's like, You guys look familiar. I'm like, really, it's dark and I'm in camouflage, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <That's> different. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we you had uh a, Eyes on a what I would consider a really nice buck uh, on Thursday, and then uh, I think I sat. It may have been the same tree. I'm not sure, but pretty close, if not the same tree on Friday. And I didn't, you know, I saw one doe, uh, like probably 150 200 yards away into that open stuff, and uh, that was it. You know, nothing really came through, and and I think you had some success calling in a, a five pointer. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, on Saturday when so or uh, sorry that was Friday. Um, Eric and I went out and we were trying to trying to get set up to make another run at uh it was an eight pointer on Thursday, probably a, a two year old and he's a nice buck. Uh so we're trying to get uh Eric maybe to cross paths with him on Friday afternoon. <clears throat> but uh of course they never do the same thing twice for me. So he didn't do the same thing again. Um, And I had gone back to a little bit different spot I hadn't been to yet. And uh, a little while before dark, took my little rattling antler that I always bring. And I just started raking some bushes and some trees. And I got really excited for a minute because I just hung that antler up after raking the trees and moving some branches around for a couple of minutes. I hung that antler in the tree and I'm in a real thick spot of dogwood. So I can only see maybe 35 yards and all of a sudden I saw legs coming from what I assumed was the bedding kind of like in a hurry running toward me. And I thought, holy crap, here comes a buck. You know, he heard another buck making a scrape or making a rub, and he's coming in and grabbed my bow and got ready. And he did pop out on a shooting lane about 22 yards, but just a little little guy came to investigate. And he ended up walking all over the place, smelling where I walked in, smelling where I sat on the ground first. <laughs> kind of fun to watch him, but then he worked his way off. So that was fun. And then, yeah, on the way out, we got to meet uh, another hunter who's in the area and looking to make his first public land uh, buck kill. So that was pretty cool. Adult onset hunter also.
0: <clears throat> and then, well, Saturday, I ended up, uh, what did I do? Oh, yeah, I think we did a train ride on Saturday. Maybe that was Sunday. What the heck did we do? I can't remember now. Yeah, that was a train ride day with the kids and so it was all kid stuff. I'm since I'm gonna be out of town this week, I'm like, oh I gotta hang out with the family, you know, no more hunting. Maybe not until like November even, but uh it was a youth hunt this weekend in Wisconsin, so hopefully folks remember to wear their blaze orange and, and all that jazz. But uh you took extra special advantage of the youth hunt and uh like tell us how <laughs> that went, dude.
2: Yeah, so it was not my plan at all to take my son out hunting yet. He's he's only five and a half. And I've talked to a couple of people. Like I have no desire to rush my kids into hunting and like, I want to wait. So it wasn't my plan at all. But uh, Saturday I let the wife sleep in and let her get some rest. So I was hanging out with the kids all morning, made breakfast. And then uh, the wife had a few projects she wanted to do and which involved some painting. So um, I painted a, whole bunch of walls, painted our uh, sliding door out to the back and kind of did some projects around the house, played with the kids. And this whole time I was kind of thinking, oh, man, youth hunt, I got a spot I want to kill a doe. I got a spot that's pretty easy to get into. I wonder if Gus would want to just come sit with me. And I'm kind of going over the logistics in my head of how I would do it with him because he's, you know, small and what we would do. And I thought, you know what, I'll ask Ashley what she thinks. I talked to the wife and she's like, yeah, I mean, that's fine with me. Maybe just ask him. So I called him over and I said, Gus, you know, would you like to come sit with dad tonight in the tree stand? And he just got this giant <laughs> smile on his face. And he just, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go get my clothes. And like, you know, it's like one in the afternoon and he ran and was looking for every piece of camouflage he's got. And I said, well, buddy, you know, we're not going to go yet. Uh, but he was super excited. So I knew right away, just mentioning it, like now, we're definitely doing this. We're going to do it. So we finished up projects. I did not want him to sit long cause he is a five-year-old boy and he cannot sit still. And this kid is especially wired. So i kind of worked on some projects until it was probably about four o'clock. And I was like, all right, bud, let's get our stuff on. So we put on a couple layers. It was pretty windy out, <clears throat> a couple layers on him, got on his hiking boots, and he didn't have any camouflage on at all. But we put out his red puffy vest and I got him one of my orange um little vests that I wear for bird hunting and kind of wrapped that around him and we were good to go. So I took him out to this spot and uh it's a little walk in, but it's a pretty easy walk. It's a, one of the like voluntary access properties, so it's a private property that's open to hunting. So they got their signs out and <clears throat> So we just ended up walking, you know, basically field edges and it was pretty easy and we turned the corner, and he was just asking me, Dad, if we see a bear, can we shoot it? And I was like, oh, no, we're not going to see a bear, Gus. <laughs> well, Dad, if we see a turkey, are we going to shoot it? And I was like, well, yeah, if we see a turkey, uh, we, you know, fall turkey tag, we can, we can try to get one, but they're hard to get, and I'm explaining it. And we turned the corner, and there's two toms standing about 100 yards away in the field. <laughs> He's like, Dad, there's turkeys right there. <laughs> get down, <you> know. <laughs> Get so, down. <laughs>
3: so he was jacked.
2: Oh, he was so jacked. So we're, we're scrambling and the turkeys, you know, they saw us across the wide open field. And I was like, all right, bud, like, let's just go real slowly. Said, oh, they're going to see us. I was like, yeah, but, you know, let's get set up. They might come back. So we just kind of crept our way in and <clears throat> I was hunting. There's a bit of a hill in between two fields. There's a little finger of woods that comes out. And in that little finger of woods, it's probably like a 30-foot elevation change. It's like a hillside that drops down. Um, it was a soybean field on top and a cornfield on the bottom and walking out there. I noticed that, uh, they'd taken the first two passes around the outside edge of the soybeans off with the combine or whatever they're using. So it was all shredded up on the ground. I was like, Oh man, if they just did this, that might be good. The deer might come out there and start picking around in that. So I kind of was changing originally. I wanted to set up by the cornfield, but, uh, I didn't even say a word. I just was walking toward the edge of the field and Gus was like, yeah, that tree right there looks like a good one. We can hide in that tree. And I was like, sounds good, dude. It was uh, one of the elm trees had like five different trunks growing out of the same base. I'm sure you seen those wrong. the field edges and perfect. I was like, that'll hide a little bit of our movement. Cause I know we're going to be squirrely. <laughs> so uh, we got over there and I, I set up my climbing sticks super close together and I put up my, lone wolf custom gear my .5 for him got the tether up there and then I just stood I mean the stand is only maybe eight or nine feet off the ground so I climbed up uh, to the middle steps and then I just grabbed his hand pulled him up on the first one and then he just climbed up and I just kind of held on to him on the back of his harness while he climbed up got in his stand clipped him in um, I brought like a little cushion so he could sit on the platform or on the seat if he wanted. And he was kind of bouncing back and forth between those all night. And then I used uh, the latitude saddle um, that I got this season. That was my first sit in that. And I just put it on the tree right next to him and stood on the top of my climbing step. And, man, we were just, you know, shooting the breeze. and he First time ever in a tree stand, first time hunting. So he was so excited and just looking around. And I kind of went with, it was real breezy, so I just kept telling him, hey buddy, just watch the trees around you. When you see the trees moving, the leaves are blowing, the branches are moving, it's okay for you to move a little bit. But if you look around and you see all the trees are still, the leaves are still, and you gotta be still. And that kind of worked for him, he, he liked that, so he was watching the leaves. And um, maybe about 40 minutes before dark, he's like, oh dad, I'm cold, I'm ready to go, let's go. I was like, nope, we gotta stay till dark, buddy. Oh, I'm ready to go. Oh, look over there. Two deer just came out. And about 80 yards down uh, the field line, two does came out. They went right across the cut part of the beans, and we're standing right on the edge of where the beans are still standing. But they're looking our way um, because they're kind of downwind to us. Our wind was almost blowing along that fence line, um, but it was kicking back a little bit into the woods. So I don't know if they were smelling us, but they were looking our way into the wind for quite a while, and we were just watching them. And they would take a couple bites and look around, and they were never on, like, full alert, but it just seemed like they knew a little bit of something was happening. And we're watching them. We're watching them. He's like, Dad, are you going to shoot them? I said, "Well, buddy, they're like 80 yards, and there's a bunch of branches. I can't shoot. Oh, come on, Dad. Just shoot. I was like, no, buddy. we got to get them closer. we got to get them closer. Maybe they'll come. And all of a sudden, he said, don't worry, Dad. I got this. And he folded his hands, and he said a little prayer. He's really into praying lately. And he said, dear God. Please let these deer come closer so my dad can get a shot with his bow and get a dough so we can have meat for our family. Amen. And I just, my heart melted right there. I was like, Oh my God. Now
0: when he said, when he said dear God, was it D E A R God? Like dear God or is it the dear God?
2: (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But man, it was like immediately in my head, I was like, I have to find a way to make this work. Like we have to get one. Like that would be so perfect. And they stood out there for quite a while. We probably watched them for 20 minutes and all of a sudden they both kind of fed back toward the tree line. And that's where there's a whole bunch of overhanging branches and leaves that I can't see. So they went behind it, but I just felt like they were going to work their way down toward us. So I kind of got ready and I told them, you know, if it comes out, like, don't worry about, you know, looking back and forth, just like, look at the deer and you know, it'll be okay. And as I'm talking to them, I peek around the tree. And the lead doe is coming right to us much faster than I thought. She's right there. She's probably 30 yards. So I swing my bow to the weak side of the tree um, and clip on my release. And I adjusted my sight. I moved it down to 20 because she's walking straight toward us. And I was like, all right, buddy, here we go. And he looked over at her once or twice, but his eyes were just locked on me. So he didn't even look at the deer when I shot, but uh, she was walking toward me and kind of <clears throat> started um quartering toward me she turned a little bit so she was quartering to me slightly i drew back she had no idea i was there she stopped on her own i just put it tight to like the vital v there i um, just trying to get right next to that shoulder blade and i shot you could hear nice pop sound she took off and gus's face just lit up and he had the biggest smile and he wasn't watching her I said, dad did you get her did you get her I was like yeah buddy i think we got her And she ran off and all kinds of chaos broke out and he didn't know which way to look and what to do. And let's go get her. I was like, no, buddy, we got to wait. Like, let's just calm down and talk about it. (laughs) So uh, I got some video of all the reactions and we were just having a blast up there, you know, high-fiving and fist bumping and hugs. And so immediately I just was like, it is getting dark. So probably in 10, 15 more minutes, there would have been legal light anyway. So we just started tearing down and went over to the shot. And that vector arrow was buried in the dirt, covered in blood, just like you hope. Um, and after, I mean, we, we didn't give her too much time. It was maybe 30 minutes. Um, we just started following blood, and there was blood all over the place. She ran a little ways into the woods um, and then circled back to the field on a, on a death run and maybe made it 70 yards. We found her and... We were high fiving right when we found her, and he just had this look of just complete awestruck. His chin, you know, was on the ground. He just kept saying, "Dad, is this real life? Is this real life? <laughs> is this really happening?
0: <laughs> this is the best <laughs> of my life." Watches That's a lot, lot of Bluey, bad. probably. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, he's been watching a lot of Bluey. <laughs> For real life. <laughs> so, so I mean, it, it really kind of on the whim bring him out. It, it worked better than I could have ever hoped it to work, or better than I could have written it myself. He had a great experience. We dragged her out. Uh, my wife and daughter came out with the van because uh, we had the the trailer hitch on the van, and not on my little SUV. So we brought the meat wagon, uh, got the deer on a cart. Easiest drag I've ever had in my life. Just <laughs> pulled it down the field edges. It was it was uh, really really nice. So we uh, we cut it up today. Uh, Kids went to a little train expo um, in town here Um, while I cut the deer up, you know, like scunned it and took it apart. I just didn't think that either of them really needed to see that right now. Uh, So I cut it all up. And then once I had it quartered, um, they came home and kind of watched and played. And then I got the meat grinder out and we made burger and Gus was packing all the meat down the meat grinder. So he kind of had his hands in all of it uh, this weekend, which was awesome. That's really
0: special, man. How cool is that? And uh, yeah, was just, you got to be, your heart just got to be full after that. Same with you, Tyler, having your daughters involved. That just, it means so much more when those types of things happen. When you know that, like, your kids have a desire and want to be involved and they look up to you and these kinds of things happen. It, it just, uh, it hits differently than normal, you know. It's already exciting enough as it is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it takes it takes it to a different level for sure. And, and I asked I asked my oldest my, my oldest daughter, almost three years old, you know, walking up to him, like, "Oh, do you see it?" Yes. What do you think? It's awesome. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's awesome! <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, they made right there. <laughs> it takes it, to, yeah. it takes it to a whole new level, you know. And and Derek, I can almost like see, I can just like see you and Gus in the tree, like I was like I'm how you telling that story. And I can, like, see him bouncing and all excited.
2: <laughs> How <did> his legs <laughs> never stopped swinging. <laughs> they were just going full bore 90 miles an hour the whole time.
0: You said you had him in a climber. Did I get that right? I, I,
2: I... He's, he's in my little hang-on. Hang so then gear. his feet were just dangling okay, off so the seat in... there? Yeah, when he would sit on the seat, his legs weren't long enough, so you know, naturally he was just kicking up like freaking crazy. It looked like swim class. <laughs>
0: it's like when you go to the doctor's office as a kid, you just can't help but kick your feet.
2: Yeah, so it was it was good. Uh, I'm glad he got to, you know, have the whole tree stand experience. We weren't high, but I just wanted to give him the whole because he loves that kind of stuff. You know, he's always Heard asking it. about climbing sticks and how do you do it and. He got to do the whole thing. I was really, really happy. That's
0: pretty cool. How high did you end up getting up in there with him? Like, was that high enough for you to just kind of lift him into the seat from the ground? Like, what six feet or something or eight feet?
2: Yeah, it was probably eight feet, uh, eight or nine feet, I would say. He he climbed up the the bottom step, and then I just kind of stood in the middle and helped pull him up. And but I mean, he basically just climbed up, and I was just there for moral support. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit.
0: It's pretty cool, man. Oh uh, yeah. So you guys both yeah. got some meat. Yeah.
2: Uh... Yeah.
0: Greg, you've been out a bunch. What's going on in your neck of the woods?
3: Uh so I went out Friday night like you guys did, but I I could hear deer moving in the cattails, and of course the the wind wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. That spot I should have probably not sit it because of where. I think the deer are bedded they could be bedded anywhere but um just wasn't quite the right setup i could hear them probably about 50 yards to the north of me working their way through the cattails and heading towards the the private ag land uh so never set eyes on a deer friday night uh, saturday had too many things going on and so i quick went out this evening and found found good sign found uh, found enough sign to make me feel confident in sitting a, a spot and i did see one small deer at the very end um couldn't tell if it was one of the small bucks that's running around or if it was a doe but i could hear other deer working their way uh working their way towards me but i you know i ran out of time i should have pushed in a little bit further and maybe I would have gotten a chance at something, or at least been able to put better eyes on something. But it just uh, just didn't pan out.
0: It's tricky out by so, you. I mean, that's so uh, I was I was in it, but not on the mark. You know, they yeah it's thick enough back so there. They I can was, move. I was within you know twenty yeah. forty yards. Yeah, and you're not going to see them if if it's not close enough. I think you were in some canary grass by the looks of it. But it's tricky back there.
2: Yeah, it is that type but- of that type of terrain. By you, I think is. You know, there's, there's areas like that that are, that are also tricky. But, I mean, like, you compare something to, like, what Greg is in here, he's got all that ragweed. And, I mean, there's cover everywhere, ground cover all over the place. And knowing, like, how close to set up, like you just said, you should not want a little further. But, like, it's so hard to pinpoint where you think they are, right? Because it's, like, right. ground cover everywhere. Whereas, like, if you're in, like, a cattail marsh, like the high ground is so easy. You know, you see it on a map and you kind of know what's going on. Right. Like, but in that ragweed stuff, man, it's, it's just like a maze. You you don't know if you're too far, too close. If you're in the game, you don't know until you know. (laughs) So I think you probably did it right. You found hot sign, you set up, you know, that's all a guy can really do.
3: Right. And nothing else, it was an observation. I could hear him in that, in that ragweed just to the North of me. Um, because I was in, uh, I was in willows and canary grass that was right in between cattails and all that ragweed, so it it was, uh, it was a productive sit. At least I know where they're coming from, um, and I can make an adjustment and and go from there.
0: So, this is a, a you know we talked about you know wanting to talk about cold fronts and hot sign and. I, I love the idea that you know I've mostly gotten from you guys, Greg and Derek, about like hunting hot sign and, and, and scout your way in and look for that hot sign and set up on that. And, and that kind of kind of goes hand in hand with this uh, season of change that we're in uh, where these deer are de- like so much hunting pressure is increasing, Testosterone and in deer are increasing. you know, weather's dropping, you know, days are getting shorter. There's like, there's so there's hot sign popping up. There's all this change with all that change going on. Like what, I mean, are there some good rules of thumb that we should be thinking about here? Like just hunt the hot sign or hunt the cold front or, you know, what's the, 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 the levers that if this thing pops, then this thing's going to go up. Like if it's a cold front, well, then we know hunting pressure is going to go up, you know, things like that. Um, right. I don't know. I mean, right. I always think if you can hunt a weekday, like do that. Cause at least you can mitigate the hunting pressure. If you got a cold front on a Tuesday or Wednesday, the likelihood of a lot of guys being able to deal with that, they might just have to, you know, work. But apparently not because we took, <laughs> we put up that post last week about, you know, being in a pickle about that. And everyone's like, no, yeah, you just go hunt it. There's, you're always gonna have a job, but you're not gonna have cold fronts. So it's like, really? That's the disposition we're going with. All right. I mean, I thought it'd be more people that are just like, I'm sending this one out, but I was wrong. I don't know. This cold front
3: this time around, I mean, it it was almost like it was a bit too early and there'll be another one, of course, but it also fell during full moon time. Mm -hmm. And I, I looked at a couple of my cameras. Like I have cameras placed throughout this one area and deer movement isn't uh wasn't really great up until like really early morning late late at night um i got video of a couple bucks fighting right in front of the camera and another one watching uh i got some really nice deer all of a sudden showed up out of nowhere i don't know if uh i don't i don't know if this this It definitely it's it's showing its uh it's showing its ability to kind of I don't know I don't know what I want to say somebody else pick it up.
2: <laughs> well, I think Eric Eric kind of mentioned before like which, what do you focus on the hot sign hunting the cold front. I think and Greg you say this all the time but I think you definitely have to focus your efforts into finding that hot sign. And if you're not scouting your way in to hunt, you have to be scouting before you're hunting. Because at this time of year, if you're just going to stands or hunting and you're not really scouting for the hot sign, I don't care how cold it is. Like, If you're not in the right spot, it doesn't matter what the weather is, right? You have to be in the right right spot. And the sign sign changes so fast. Um, A spot that I just walked through the other day had a whole bunch of rubs in it. But you can tell they're all at least a week old. Like they're all kind of the same age and there really wasn't any fresh poop on the ground. And you could tell like, that would have been really good a week ago. But right now, if you hung a stand there, you can hunt there every day. You're probably not going to see anything. You just have to find that freshest sign where the deer are at that moment. And the best way to do that is just to be, be mobile and like scout your way in or be spending time actually devoted to scouting um, outside of just your hunting. So
0: then with like hunting, hunting the hot sign, You know, people talk about this too, like from what I've heard in the past and and having, you know, run this podcast for, you know, several years now, it's, it's like a lot of the sign is being put down at night and, and, and people will like, Oh, I'm going to hunt this rub or this, or this scrape, um, you know, in this main, you know, uh, you know, uh, rub line. And, and that's not always advisable either. There's just so much information coming at us. It's hard to, to to decipher and dissect and, you know, you guys, I'm live on TikTok and, uh, you know, we got a couple other guys that are adult onset hunters or it's their first year archery hunting or bow hunting ever. And they're asking some of these same questions like, well, how do I know, you know, what I should be thinking about or, you know, what should I be focused on? And that is tricky. You know, I think Derek, we're, you and I were talking, we're like, wh- when is a deer ever in the fricking hardwoods? Uh... That's
2: exactly the scenario I was just thinking of, and like being a being a newer hunter or someone who even maybe has been hunting for a while but you haven't had a ton of luck. Like you hear hunt the food sources early, so say you find a hot scrape in an oak hardwoods that's got acorns. Like that seems like a dynamite setup, right? It's got everything everyone's telling you, but you can hunt that and never see a buck come through there in daylight. You know, maybe you see a little one. But uh, it's it's just one of those things that it's all that learned over time and experiences. Eric, you and I talked about it where you set up, where we set up on that buck that I saw and then you hunted it. We kind of came to the conclusion that like, yeah, these deer bed, <laughs> wherever there isn't woods, that's basically where you find them. And that's really hard to understand for a lot of people who are used to seeing videos or hearing about people hunting in, in the woods.
0: Yeah, you've talked about people, There's you can hunt like travel. And that works to a certain degree. Like at some point a broken clock is right twice a day. Like if you're hunting travel, uh, and you're, and you're hunting, like, you know, uh, different terrain features are coming together or, or corridors or whatever, especially as like rut activity increases, the likelihood of getting that buck on who traveling a longer distance and so forth, like you really could have a lot of luck doing that, but getting in tighter to those beds and, and kind of like getting in that general area is going to, I think, increase your odds. But it's also maybe a bigger swing. You know, I think if it's pretty just leisurely, you know, I thought like, well, this looks like a place a deer would be. I've seen that painting on that, uh, you know, supper club wall for Friday Night Fish Fry for the last decade of my life. Uh, That looks like a great spot for a nice buck to be. Of course, I'm going to set up in that tree in the back. That's what the hunter did in that photo, you know, in that painting. I think this looks great. And I would go and hunt and I, I enjoyed my time. I would love it. And I would sit there in peace and quiet and it was beautiful. I rarely ever saw a deer. I certainly didn't see that buck in that painting on that supper club wall. And uh, <laughs> it's like somewhere along the way, I, I remember glassing, uh, you know, with my binoculars. I, I'd gone out without a tree since so I was going to hunt the ground. I couldn't see shit. So I climbed a tree, literally just climbed it, sat in the crotch of this tree. And I just got my binoculars on. I was just watching and watching and watching and watching. And sure enough, I watched three different bucks far, far apart from one another in this open area, get up out of their beds and stand up. And I was like, holy shit, I'm surrounded by big bucks. And this was the first time that had ever happened to me. Um, And I called my dad and I was freaking out. I'm like, dad, I've never seen this many bucks in my life. Never this many big bucks. And they're all just like out doing their thing. But they were all in this bottom, this swampy bottom. And they were all bedded by these, I don't even know what these things are called, but they're just like bush shrubbery, things you know these thickets in the middle of this canary grass stuff and they just stood up and kind of milled around they were browsing they were doing their thing they're you know uh, doing licking branches they never made their way by me uh, unfortunately i thought maybe i would have had an opportunity it never came to be but i was like i can't believe i just witnessed that and that was the first time for me it literally uh, started and i say literally because like i witnessed it myself it wasn't hearing it secondhand from someone else like you know, some big buck killer like Andy May or Kenyon, whoever the hell it is, or like, you know, infault or whoever saying, this is how you do it. And this is what I see. I literally saw it for myself. And I was like, wow, oh, change my thought process. So Greg, you 100%. making assumptions about where these, yeah. When Greg's making assumptions, that where these deer are betting, you, you think they're betting in this general area. You don't know. Maybe, maybe previous years, Intel can tell you specifically where a buck bed might be literally a specific one, but by and large, you're making some bets on like they're bedded in this area. And at some point as it gets thicker and thicker, you got to be quieter and quieter and consider how far you can really push and to get tight to that. But the tighter you can get to it, the quieter you can be. I think this is where some of that magic happens. If you're paying attention to like, um, you know, travel corridors and roads, like where they're coming in and coming out of their beds. I saw, I don't even know what page it was anymore. Cause there's too many of them, but one of the pages on Instagram of a big buck killer <laughs> was like standing. I think it was Steve Shirk was standing in the bed and uh of a, of a you know allegedly a buck and he, he could see like the the paths coming into this bed and then he's like they all come out of this direction east northwest but nothing out of the south or whatever it was and making stuff up here and he's like you can track them back and see where they're going you can start to like make some decisions based on wind direction and food that's like you said derek it, it takes a lot of scouting to find that stuff. So if you're not, if you haven't done that kind of homework, that's fine. If you're one of us, like an OKS hunter, you probably haven't. Like I haven't. I'm, I'm riding off of Derek coattails and, and Greg's coattails right now. <laughs> and I have no shame about it, by the way.
2: Sadly, it's not working. Though. It's not working. Though. No, I mean, <laughs>
3: so my coattails are apparently pretty short because you fell off a long time ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but to that point, like, you know, if you don't have that, then you got to make some really good best guesses, assumptions, educated guesses. Take all this intel you're getting from different podcasts, ours, whoever's you're listening to. There's plenty of them out there. And, and start to see if some of the stuff illuminates in your mind as you're going out there. And if it does go, oh, okay, this is a hot, hot sign, but maybe not right on the sign. Like, maybe just think a little bit more. Get the map out, zoom out, figure out where you're at. Like, what, what, what else is going on here in this area? And if it's me, I could do all that stuff. Not that it makes any damn sense to me. So who knows? De- I always say deer are gonna do a deer gonna deer are gonna do deer things and deer are gonna do a deer do. Like they could be freaking anywhere. Who knows? You know, a dog a dog barking in the yard could have fucking scared him because he got off the leash and they they changed their total trajectory for the night. You know, uh, duck hunters to come down the river could have shot and now they're taking a different path. There's like a, a car could have fucking you know hit his Earl, the other deer that they're traveling with, and now now Steve's got to go off on his own. Like there's just too many variables. So you gotta you gotta take the best until you can and, and make the best decision you can and. I don't know. I never make the best decision. It seems it's always like a crapshoot. And and to Tyler's point, like luck I'll is on lie. my luck is on my side as much as I can take it. Yeah,
1: I mean, Eric, I'll you were lie. close last year, though. I mean, right? I mean,
0: yeah, I I can get like, in the you game. Were, you were in the area. You've yeah. done a
1: bunch of videos, yeah, where you you were you're just off the spot, right? Um, yeah.
0: It's a know, red zone, man. Yards
1: away, you had bucks.
0: Yeah, you yeah. You move the ball down the field, but that yeah. field gets real short uh, or you know long and a short distance, so to speak. And uh, punching that ball through the end zone gets really, really hard. It's a different type of play at that point, and I'm I'm stuck there. Right, can't I can't get in the end zone. Just
2: like to the you, Packers did. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, let's <laughs> I'll not talk, talk about, it. about that. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to what Eric just said, and I I totally agree. The, the variables that go into it, like I'm always super amazed somewhat, like. When you when you read stuff like Andy May stuff, man, that guy you feel like after you read some of his stuff, he just like he has it figured out and then the deer do exactly what he had figured out. It's like that's incredible. Like that's that's so awesome. I wish one day I could be able to do that. Um otherwise, you know, more or less, gentlemen like us, we're trying to put the pieces together. But stuff is still gonna be a stray and you're still gonna be throwing a loop. Um Thursday night <clears throat> When I went out and had that buck encounter, I had followed, I kind of had an area in mind and I was walking at a transition line, checking trails that came out of this, what I thought was the bedding area, a grassy area, into the woods and it's all buckthorn along the edge. There's a couple of trails that all come to this little, very subtle point. Pretty tall buckthorn. All the trails are really narrow.
0: Pretty tall buckthorn too. Like That buckthorn is like 15, 20 feet high. Right, or maybe not, maybe. Yeah, three, but
2: on the edge, it's real thick there. So, like, when you ducked in to go to the tree, like, it's pretty thick right on the edge. Yeah, there. it was, yeah. Um, and and most of the trails that go in right there, I was looking at them. They're all super narrow. I'm like, well, bucks aren't using these. These two, got to have, like, a four-inch spread to walk through here. Like, no big buck is going to get in here. But I was like, well, I'm going to go check for tracks. So the first trail I hit that I was interested in, I followed it into the buckthorn, and I made it about four or five feet through the thick stuff, all these whips of buckthorn, and I noticed about head height, about five, six feet high, there was one of the buckthorn just off to the side, had a big scrape in the bark, and it was scraped upward, and no deer is tall enough to do that, but if your rack is wide enough, and you're walking through, and that whip gets stuck between your antlers, and you're walking forward, that totally told me, holy shit, Buck is walking through this trail because he just scratched this buckthorn tree with his antlers. And I walked in 10 more feet, and there was a rub on the inside. When it opened up, there was a nice rub there. So that's the main reason I set up. So I'm like, oh, here we go. Buck is coming through. He's using this trail. He's bedding on that point exactly where I thought. I thought I had it all figured out. Set up my stand. All of a sudden, I hear a deer coughing in the grass, nowhere near the point that I thought they were bedding on. He's laying out in the middle of the tall grass 45 yards from me. So it was like, "Here, I thought I had it figured out, and the deer is not where I thought he was at all. He's laying in the middle of the grass. No, no clue would I never would have guessed that ever."
0: But the fact that, like you, you're thinking about things that I would never, maybe not notice, but certainly wouldn't consider. Think I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't stop to be able to give it the thought that you're giving it. Like that, a buck is traveling through because it's not wide enough. Or that, like, oh, this is scraped upwards, so it's like its antlers are scraping across the top of it because it's not tall enough to do otherwise. Like, that's some... That's a really... I don't know if you're going... Because you're pretty speedy, dude, so you're really looking for these types of things, but you've just you've seen enough of it that you know what you're looking for. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for all the other stuff we hear mm-hmm. about, track size and rubs and stuff. If I'm not... But I, I wouldn't have been able to pick that out. I, would, I wouldn't have, like... That would I would have went blown right past that. It wouldn't have given me a second thought. I would have had no consideration for that. Not to mention, that tree is a that pain in you- the ass to get into, man. Let me tell you. So, like, I would have been like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe there's no trees in here to hunt. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all surrounded by buckthorn. Like, there was a, a lot of uh, learning moments, you know, just in kind of your thought process. I think that's, uh it was really helpful.
3: Well, and a lot of it, too, is, like, you said you're looking for track size and, and maybe a few other different things, but knowing your environment, like the environment that I'm in, you're not seeing track size. Oh no shit. Yeah. You can see anything the there. The amount of grass and stuff there, you can see where the grass has been mashed down. It's been busted deer have walked over it and you can see where their hooves have gone in. And then yeah, if you dig through enough of that grass and stuff, you might be able to find a track, but there's so many layers of that stuff it's really hard to tell. So the next best thing is looking at rubs, rub height. If it's a, you know, a smaller stick or a smaller tree, they're pushing it over, you know, a small deer can push a a tiny little tree over and make it look like a tall rub. But if it's, you know, two inches round, deer's not pushing that over super easily. If Mm -hmm. it's, you know, almost hip high in the middle, that's going to be a good deer. If it's knee height, it's probably not a very old deer in the middle.
0: No, this is, this is your, your ear is like particularly hard (laughs) because you're like, God, do you see any sign? Like what, how am I going to see any sign? You know? And I think it, it takes an additional level of like that thinking that you guys seem to have in this eye for things. And Greg, you spend so much time back there. I'm going to start to call you swamp thing because you're in this damn swamp <laughs> at least freaking once, <laughs> once or twice, three times a week. I'm talking here, checking cams and this and that, like, holy crap, man. Um, it's it's really something, you know, I, I just, uh, it's fun to to be able to hang out with you guys, have you guys be on this podcast and like learn from you because it's, it's a lot to take in. And when you have someone showing it to you specifically, like, I wouldn't say holding my hand, but kind of holding my hand, you know, you just learn it a little bit differently. It's a little bit more succinct. It's a little bit more impactful, like versus hearing it, then you got to go out and test it on your own and like pay attention to stuff. And it's still hard because you don't, you're, I've always talked about missing that affirmation, but if you're hunting with an experienced hunter that has seen that or knows what it is, you're, you're getting that affirmation right then and there to some degree. And that helps kind of level you up a little bit quicker. It'll accelerate that learning process. if you can get someone to be a good mentor to you. And you guys have been that for me, which has been nice. Um, but you know, with the, I don't know, go back to like the cold fronts. Like, I don't know when the next considerable drop in temperatures. Are or when it's forecasted to be but like i'm trying to think a cold front is like a factor of like 10 degrees right we're not talking like oh it's going to be five degrees lower it's like you're looking for some significant change in weather and usually when it's going to be colder
3: yeah just looking at the forecast here um <laughs> same same greg <laughs> yeah taking a look what do we got uh, end, end of the week is looking to be like the the best drop in temperature. These next couple of days are going to be in the high 60s. Uh, we might even hit 70. And
2: Friday looked the best, didn't they?
3: Yeah, yeah. Thursday and Friday again look to be the best best days to be out. But you know, if you have Wednesday to hunt, I don't think the, the day before the cold front comes through, as long as there isn't any
0: major weather with it, uh, that could be pretty good too. yeah i mean at least here in wisconsin where we are i don't know everyone's got different things we talk about people that hunt down south it's totally different people that hunt open vast areas like south dakota it's different how deer move and you know we got to do what works for us and even just in wisconsin alone there's different types of diversity and terrain and we go out to the western part it's all bluff and hill country it's totally different than what we're dealing with over here you know yeah, i don't even know how people like eggs. Right. egg egg fields haven't been cut yet uh, I don't know when does pheasant season open. When is that going to be a thing to deal with bird hunters as a contender? No, oh, that,
3: that's, <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> this upcoming weekend, conveniently. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of the a uh, lot of the areas we were looking forward to hunting, uh, well, we might be rethinking some of that stuff now. We didn't get to it, so it's not going
0: to happen. Yep. And but those are all things to so like, have you think uh, about. Go ahead. There. Well,
2: I'll ask you guys because you have more experience than this with, than I do. But have you ever like intentionally planned your hunt where you're sitting based on like the assumed pressure of the pheasant hunters? Like, because you know. All yeah, actually. Go out like it seems like if you got back in a spot that was like a good escape spot. I don't know. If, uh, I don't
3: know. I you, I, I know. actually the 2018 when I killed my. Uh, I killed a a nice eight pointer in 2018 that way where I knew where I was hunting, like there was going to be a bunch of guys blasting pheasants. And sure enough, I don't think I made it 20 yards from the truck and I heard shotguns going off. So Mm. I knew I had to loop around and go to the far end where it was thicker and the chances of bumping into a pheasant hunter were possible but not nearly as likely as uh if if i were to hunt you know where i was thinking to begin with so and it worked out good i ended up bumping into a hiker of all things which was kind of weird but Hmm. i still ended up hanging and i still ended up killing a deer heck yeah yeah but i you know the the pressure was there to the south so i moved north north and as far west as I could go without, you know, where I, where I could get into a tree still.
0: Mm-hmm. I did a hunt on Wednesday, by the way. I don't know if I talked about that. I don't think I did, but uh, we had, Jace was in town. He's doing some filming stuff for us. Uh, and uh, I was like, well, I mean, if he's here, I should I should probably go hunt. <laughs> I didn't have high hopes for Wednesday, just considering the weather, you know, the cold front coming. And I was like, well, it's hot. Uh, my buddy, Joel, it was like, well, if it's hot all day, uh, those deer are probably going to want to get up and get a drink of water. And the, the sun goes down, and it's going to get cold quick. So it's not a terrible thought. Maybe there's some air to that. It kind of made me feel good anyways. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you got a point there. And, uh, you know, I actually went out and hunted the property that I killed my buck on a couple of years ago in 2020. And uh, I ended up hunting the same tree just because I didn't, I didn't honestly really know the area too well. And uh I didn't have time on my side at all. Like I was like I, I worked and I, I worked uh it was like, well, you know, this is all I got. So let's just get in the truck and drive drive over there. It's like ten minutes away and just about enough time to get to that spot and get set up and all that jazz. It's like time to get quiet because, you know, something might be coming by. And and that's how it worked out when I got that buck, oddly enough. And all the wind was in my favor and so forth. So I thought, well, I'm not gonna putz around and dig into an area I don't really know about. Well, on the way there we pull up and there's another truck and I'm like, it's a, it's a Wednesday, you know, <laughs> whoever's hunting this then is probably pretty serious. And, and, and uh, we, we get to, to get out to there. And, and sure enough, I'm like looking at every freaking tree uh, on the way out thinking like, I'm going to see this guy in a tree stand or something. And also I see this bright green, you know, blob coming towards us from the other part of the property. I'm like, Oh, he must've been just checking a trail cam. And he did, he was. And he said the the neighboring properties that abut that the private land, That abuts that. I think those guys hunt onto the public, and which is fine. But they were uh, messing with this trail cam, pointing it upwards, and it's happened twice. And he's like, "I had to just move my trail cam out of the area." So I I wasn't interested in going to the back part of the property because he had said, "Like, well, these other guys are hunting it; they're messing my trail cam." He's obviously back there, so I was like, "Well, I'll stick closer up to the front of the property. Then I'm not going to go in the area, mess anything up. I'll just stay here, Uh, and you know, if someone comes by, like, cool, maybe I'll get lucky." But yeah, Maybe I thought I heard something I couldn't tell, it was like a flash in the pan, so then I wasn't really sure. Um, and that was it, and then we didn't see anything. So, uh, Jace got the most ridiculous footage of me trying to set up my saddle platform sticks, it was disgustingly awful, guys. Like, I've been pretty smooth up until that point, and that's what got on camera. And, uh, I feel like I'm he,
2: excited to see it, yeah.
0: I'm sure he's gonna play some circus. <laughs> it was just a, it was a wreck, it was a wreck, it was not good. I was putting my climber or my climber, my uh, platform like I was trying to hang it in, like a tree branch, it almost fell. It was getting weird. And when I say hang on a tree branch, I was like <laughs> trying to put it there to set it there for a second so I could like do something else with my hands. Cause this tree had so many effing branches, I couldn't get my tether to do what I wanted it to. I had to keep on clipping to reclip to get around another branch. And then I didn't bring my tow rope because I was like, Well, you know, I'm like not that high off the ground. And, and and Jace is right here, he can just hand me my bow. <laughs> so I was like, Hey camera guy. Can you hand me my bow? <laughs> can, can, you, can you hand me my backpack? He's like, Are you kidding me? I was like, eh, Sorry, man. This isn't going great. <laughs> so, yeah. I, was like, just, I think that's
2: you, what people are expecting.
0: Yeah. I'm like, can, When you just, when you like edit this, just put some like clown circus music on and it'll fit the it'll fit real good in with whatever you got going on. I don't mean to tell you do your job, but I'm telling you, this is a shit show. So, like, <laughs> yeah. No luck on Wednesday night. <laughs> surprisingly I said, I said I think I said I'm like into the mic I was like you know if you're if you're quiet at this you're not like a good hunter I mean because it's just like it's easy the deer don't know you're there I said you know I want to I want to challenge I want the deer to know that I'm here so if I get one it like really counts <laughs> I, love it. I was like those guys that are all serious and quiet pff, they got it easy those deer don't even know they're there <laughs> What a joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Eric, did you whisper that or were you just shouting it loudly?
0: Oh, yeah. I was trying not to whisper because I'm like annoyed (laughs) about the whispering. So I'm like, but here I am doing it because I'm like, you know, maybe there's a deer over here. I don't fucking know where the deer are. And I was like, so I'm like half whispering, which means you probably can't hear me at all because I I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a bit of a mumbler. (laughs) I'm sure you do know this. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm saying all this stuff all quiet and weird. This, I get awkward on the camera. Like, I, I, I feel like I can handle it just fine. And then he, then he's like, well, What do you got to say? I was like, I don't know. What do people normally say? What the f- I don't freaking know what to say. Derek points it at me. We're walking out. He's like, So what's going to happen? I was like, Well, I don't anything could happen. You know, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> well, I, I don't have any <laughs> predictions. Uh, I was like, what, what do you want me to predict here? A deer's gonna, and then Derek's got to like down pat the line. The deer's going to come this way. And then Derek's going to slam dunk it. I was like, You are talking to the wrong person, buddy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so. It, 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 it are, is different being on far camera. You're
2: yeah. more accurate than mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Derek,
0: uh, uh, Tyler, you, you went out duck hunting a couple of times, but you had Jace with you on Wednesday yeah. in the morning for a duck hunt. What happened with that? How'd that go?
1: Uh, a whole lot of nothing happened. A lot of, uh, a lot of ducks just
0: mm, grouped
1: up, big groups predetermined destinations which was not anywhere near where we were set up so so you just um, watch them
0: fly past you a bunch of you times know, pretty much
1: yeah they were you know a couple hundred yards high just watching them fly past there's not a lot you could do and you know the the funny thing is so, so jason and i got got to talking a lot and he's a big waterfall hunter so i was picking his brain and he was basically teaching me the ropes because i trained dogs and I can train dogs to pick up ducks. That doesn't mean I'm actually good at duck hunting. In fact, I'm pretty terrible at so it. So you're asking the videographers really for tips you. on how
0: to how to hunt ducks. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Of course. Yes. Hey, camera yes. guy, am that I doing this right? right. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, hey, am I holding this call right? Does this sound good? No, no, do it this way. Okay, good. Got it. So, yeah, it's so, pretty, so pretty <laughs> on point for us, isn't it?
2: So far in the two days of Jace filming, he has learned how not to put a saddle up and how not to go down.
0: (laughs) This show is going to be just what I don't know what to expect. Like, I'm not going to have any idea how it's all going to get laid out. But I'm sure it'll be be entertaining. A little awkward. Yeah. 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 People are going to be like, This is uncomfortable to watch, but I couldn't look away. (laughs) It's going to be like a train wreck. Oh, cool. Well, oh, it's a so good great. train wreck. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. It was, it was great, too, because we got back to the truck, and I have that. I have a new puppy, of course, and I brought her along. And, of course, and, you know, it was a short hunt. Um, and, but in that short time that she was in her kennel there, she, she pissed her kennel. So, you know, that was icing on, on top of the cake right there. Oh, fun. And, of course, he, he filmed that, which is perfect, right?
0: That's life, he's man. He's like,
1: what happened? And I'm, like, all pissed off. I'm like, dog pissed her kennel. What
0: do you want me to say? You know?
1: Yeah. I can <laughs> Again.
0: Again, what what I do can't. people normally say here, man? <laughs> My dog peed the kennel. What do you want from
2: me? Jeez.
0: Uh,
2: oh, I love it.
0: He had me, he had me at home, like uh doing some work or whatever, and then he's because we're doing this office style thing, and I'm happy to talk about it. It's fine because it's it's in the works, but uh he's like, God. Oh, this is so fun. He's like, The Office is my favorite show, so I totally get it. And then he's like, you know, Greg's expressions are hilarious. And he's like, watching you fumble around your garage was exactly like you would set to be, and you're not acting. This was pretty real. And he's like, so I'm zooming in on you trying to find a sock, and it wasn't going great. <laughs> so like, I'm asking my wife, where are my boxers? She's like, you have boxers? I was like, we have the brown." boxers and then my two dogs are like sitting outside i'm like well not brown boxers like the two brown boxers but like you know underwear (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) it's just like my
3: kids are screaming i'm like i can't wait to watch i'm
0: like yeah i don't know we gotta get out of here it's not good it's not good we gotta i don't know but then we forget we get in the truck and we're driving i call greg and I'm like, yeah, we're we're you're we're, we're filming, Greg. You're on the you're on the you're on the video. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense because it's a call, but uh, you know, we're, we're talking and talking, and all of a sudden we get off the phone and, and Jace is like, oh no, we forgot his tree stand that we're gonna put Jace in. We forgot it. Oh no. <laughs> so he had to just get up on the ground and the bugs were terrible. The mosquitoes were just awful. So I felt real bad for him. He was just uh Bundled up pretty good, not because it was cold, but he was just trying to keep the the mosquitoes from carrying him away. So it was a, a brutal, classic. Yeah. Should be interesting, and all of us are self filming when we can, and how you know we'll see how that all gets put together. But uh, I'm excited to see when this all comes to fruition, and and the stories are not being done told, or not done being told yet. There's lots of story and season left ahead of us, so I'm excited. The good stuff's coming. Yeah, I probably won't hunt again until November, guys. Honestly, it's uh what October 9th? I don't think that my wife, not not even my wife, like I have a hard time being away from the kids. It's a lot, uh, and it's a lot for the kids to not have me around and so forth. Like it's just, it's a lot. I got to pick. I got. I told you, Greg. I was like, oh, you know, I think I might just hunt the the rut this this season because I just don't know. It's a lot for the fam, and then I've already been out like what four times. Yeah, at least or something three or four times. So I'm like, yeah, I got to take a break. And, and I, I don't know, I don't have a lot of good options here. So I think I might just, I might just feel better if I just say that I'm not hunting until November. And then in November, I can be like, all right, boom, it's November. Let's go. Let's take some PTO. Let's go sit some all day sits. Let's just get this figured out and get it done. I don't know, but I have no idea where I'm going. So it doesn't really matter. That's all I got for today. Got yeah, time to figure it out though, so I don't know. Maybe uh, I'll just be on Spartan Forge daydreaming all the time. anybody else ever just do that? anybody else just pull up Spartan Forge and just start like looking around? Hmm, what's this? What's this? Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I do.
2: I, I do that every day for most of my day.
0: Right, you're in between yeah. like teaching a kid how to draw Mul- a circle. <laughs> <clears throat> multiple times a day.
2: That. The circles are only in my advanced classes. <laughs> Dude, drawing a circle is not
0: easy. <laughs> it takes practice to draw uh, a circle. <laughs> How to shit it? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for doing this with me early. I appreciate it. And now everyone has their Tuesday nights back. So uh, I'll get this scheduled. So it'll be out in podcast land come probably Tuesday morning. It'll just drop. And I'll uh, make a post on Tuesday. Ain't no podcast, but you can go listen to this one. So. Thanks, everybody, that uh, tuned in. Uh, We have a bunch of new reviews that came through, so apparently we have more listeners than I thought, at least like five, so we're in good shape. Cool.
2: Yeah, safe travels, Eric. Good luck with work.
0: Yeah, thanks, fellas. Well, you guys have a good night. I'm going to hit the stop on the record button and end TikTok, and yeah, should be good.